Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Houghton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. I'm a big believer of the butterfly effect, and I think we see this time and time again within our own lives, and meeting Dave was a certain testament to that. So I think early when I had the podcast, I actually made a decision, I think even before the podcast, to try and get a meetup group going on financial independence. This was back in the time when my friends were completely sick of me talking about early retirement so I started uh, the meetup group and met David along the way and we immediately hit it off and I would now consider Dave uh, one of the co-hosts of the financial independence meetup group in Limerick. Dave recently spoke on the Fire HQ event and he often talks about mindset but also his own journey within an Irish context is quite unique and I think he has a great story to tell. So on this particular episode, I've been fortunate enough to interview Dave, and he goes into great depth about sharing his own story, his background, and his financial independence path. Dave is originally from the UK, and he is in his mid-30s. He is a PAY earner, and he has a particular strategy to achieve financial independence based around property. As always, if you guys have any questions on this episode, reach out to me at michael at firepodcast.ie. Otherwise, let's jump straight over to the episode. Dave G, welcome to the show. It is absolutely wonderful to have you on today. Hey, Mike. Uh, No, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Excellent. Well, look, let's start with some of your background and I guess sharing a little bit about your own story to date in terms of your own path and your own financial independence story. So do you want to start by filling the listeners in on how you got here? Yeah, sure, Mike. Um, My own story really uh, goes back uh, a number of years um, before I found out about the fire movement and before I built some level of financial education. I was really existing, I suppose, as many people who would often come into the fire movement week to week and day to day. Life for me um, was in the IT sector, well-paid job, um, as, as a lot of them are in the IT sector, in a management position, managing servers, infrastructures and people, in a relationship. But as I said, just existing day to day, week to week, not particularly unsatisfied, but not fulfilled. And, you know, given given those circumstances as well, at the time I was um, in student debt, you know, I had uh, credit card loans and overdrafts and all those kind of things that really come to be norm to people who've gone into the workplace and was really like, you know, living in consumerism. Um, before I deep dive into that, you know, um, I'm from the UK originally, um, you know, I'm uh, in my mid thirties and um, I'm a family man. But, you know, your question to me really is coming into uh, the background of coming into um, who is Dave G and what is the fire movement for me was really just uh, a case of existing in life and starting with a desire to really, you know, uh, own my own house. Like, um, that was really a starting point for me, um, moving out of rented accommodation and getting some step onto the property ladder was kind of an initial 
want and uh, need for me. So as I said, um, life wasn't really fulfilling or unfulfilling. I was kind of just uh, drifting around. I was good at what I did, but as I said, it didn't didn't excite me. So a lot of things for me, as we talk about often, I would talk about a, a paradigm shift. Um, a lot of things started to happen, and I was doing a lot of analysis um, of my own life, my own career, uh, a previous relationship that I was in, uh, and taking stock of life. And there was always, uh, I suppose, Mike, you'd hear about a lot of people in the fire movement talk about uh, kind of a burning question mark inside as to, you know, is this what it's all about? Is it just about um, a couple of drinks at the weekend, you know, going out for a meal, a holiday, um, working extra hours, and all of those kind of things? Um, but what was the end goal and what was the um, path? I suppose for me, prior to coming into the fire movement, as I said, I lived in consumerism, certainly lived uh, above or up to my means, and um, really thought that uh, you know the day-to-day happiness and life was uh, earning money and spending it. I would have certainly been one of the children who uh, had uh, one savings jar. It was for saving and spending. I certainly didn't have an investment jar and um, a savings jar and a spending jar, and it was really, um, it was really the financial education for me. Later on, once I found out about the fire movement, that helped me to move uh, into into the direction of of the path that I'm on now. Yeah, excellent, Dave. And by the way, this is um, this is good stuff. So thank you for thank you for sharing. And I touch on a hundred percent. When, when I hear you saying working for the weekend and I, I had a notion for a while that I was living for holidays. So I would take maybe three or four holidays a year, maybe go overseas or whatever. Um, but then basically it was coming back and slaving away for three or four months until the next holiday. So it is, it was a whole, it was a horrible feeling. And I think it's one of those traps that you can, you can kind of get into. Uh, and before you know it, you've kind of wasted years of your life and you've exactly, as you said, drifting along, you haven't really got anywhere and you have that burning question. So I think you said that you said that really, really well. And uh, look, so I mean, I guess if we move forward a little bit, then you, know, you, you kind of you realize this, you realize that there was this other way. How did you go about pursuing that path and finding your own sort of investing strategy? And, and what assets are you actively buying in terms of being able to find a way to become financially independent? The starting point for me, Mike, on my fire journey um, was educating educating myself so you know i i, I really um looked at methods such as i, I obviously had my house uh, let's fast fast forward at this point i bought my house and i looked at um reverse compound interest and overpaying the mortgage um and i saw instant results i saw the cost of credit going down um as i overpaid i saw the the actual uh, principal come down the interest was coming down and by never reducing the term um, and remaining on variable, I, I instantly saw that our repayment came down monthly. And, you know, th- this was really my first experience of investing in myself, um, along with gaining knowledge. And I absolutely 110% uh, threw myself into uh, anything that was available content-wise, such as the blog that we're doing, Mike, together now. Um, I read blogs, I looked at websites, YouTube videos, audiobooks, interviews, um, speaking to people, and uh, of course, my local meetup group. When I found out about the fire movement, it was through um, a family member that mentioned some of the stuff I was doing had similarities with the FI and RE community that originated in the US. 
And when I heard that there was a community and a movement set up, I just wanted to know what it was about. And all of those things I just mentioned, I just dived into them. I remember getting up for the first uh, 12, uh, 18 months, four or five o'clock in the morning and just consuming content. I wanted to know what this stuff was about. I didn't have a clue about investing. I wanted to know what the investment options were. So the fact that I, I live in Ireland, Republic of Ireland, um, there was certain brokerage accounts. Um, I currently use Digiro, for example. Um, property for me um, seems to be something that stood out to me. Um, I had experience over paying the mortgage in my own house um, and it was something that was a tangible asset that I could get my hands on, I understood. So, you know, I, I obviously started depositing money into the gyro um, and really just experiencing the application, ETFs, um, stocks and those kind of things and starting to educate myself about taxes, about um, financial literacy, really, profit and loss and budgets. Um, I sat down with my wife when I found out about the fire movement and really explained uh, the benefits of getting involved in this and how it could benefit us. So, you know, we had to go go to high level and figure out what was important to us and really sit down and do our value list. Um, and then when we did this and we started to identify that what made us happy and drived us wasn't necessarily focused around money. Um, it was more things such as uh, freedom, independence, relationships, those kind of things that didn't have a big monetary value attached to them. And I think the FIRE movement, which is the core concept of all this, looks at different aspects of FIRE, such as lean FIRE, fat FIRE, and really comfort level FIRE. And we really sat somewhere in the, in the comfort level midsection, possibly inclined more to, uh, a little bit to the lean FIRE side. So we certainly didn't need a fat FIRE or mid FIRE. And when we sat down with the, the pen and paper and really focused on properties, it was something I understood more so to some degree and I could get my head around I started uh, reverse engineering the uh, let's say the fire number and looking at um, well how many properties would I need um, what's the rental yield like uh, on them what would I need to do to get the deposits together and get moving on that um, how easy was this what well, and really started to reverse engineer as I said where we needed to get to so my main my main uh, investment vehicle is property. I think there is uh, it's advantageous in Ireland, although taxes uh, are really against us here. I, I can definitely see that now from moving over from the UK. It is way more advantageous over there, as anyone uh, would actually know that. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. And property for me seems to be the way forward at the moment. So I would have um, a couple of properties obviously availing of uh, different schemes that are available in Ireland as well, such as the Rent-A-Room scheme, uh, which is a uh, tax-free uh, incentive up to 14,000. So so for me, really, my uh, property is the main uh, investment vehicle that I, um, I'm really investing in at the moment. Yeah, very good, Dave. And I think one of the things that I quite like about your strategy is it it's quite different to mine. And I think it's quite good to see that it is possible in Ireland to not just follow one particular route. And I think the property route that you've followed is is great. I think you've, uh, you know, you know exactly what you want. I think, you know, in terms of diversification, I think you're right. I think knowing that, you know, becoming good at anything 
and mastering that and being able to find the deal and so on is really going to be the trick to it. And uh, I mean, I guess for any of the, any of those, myself included, who are pursuing property as a as a as a method, is there anything in particular that you've learned that you'd like to share with the audience? I think that the the learning curves for me with property. If we go uh, look at the other uh, investment vehicle, which I didn't speak about, which is uh, pensions. Pensions are the natural, people naturally uh, inclined to move towards a pension. It's kind of the social norm and there's different access uh, points. So before I come into property and what I've learned, I just want to touch on pensions and why we didn't choose the the traditional route of pensions, although I did explore it to to length. Uh, My wife is eight years older than me. Uh, so I always look at my FI and uh, optional RE number um, in terms of being eight years ahead because that's the oldest point uh, in the relationship. And, for, for, you know, as the, the, the main PAYE earner, um, which I currently still am, you know, my 60 or 55 would be my wife's, you know, 65 would be her uh, 73. Um, so it just didn't make sense to be restricted to a drawdown age of pension with the uh, amounts that you can actually invest uh, in that. Uh, although there is benefit to pre-tax, it did not tick the boxes and was still not advantageous even pre-tax to put money in because of the restrictions that were put in, in place with a, with a pension. I do understand that there is company matches and that would suit some people uh, uh, in terms of uh, accessing free money, I suppose, pre-tax. But for, for me specifically, I have a private pension and I was paying into it for a period of time. But when we did the numbers on property and realized that it was uh, an asset that could cash flow straight away, and we, I knew that I was able to overpay mortgages once you kept the variables right, that, well, we could access our money when we wanted. We were in control. Uh, we weren't defined to a 50, 55, 60. We weren't uh, uh, restricted to a certain amount of overpayment per month and conditions attached uh, and X, Y, and Z um, and the fees. And also I felt with the pension and uh, it's maybe, you know, my own viewpoint uh, and I can see the benefits for some people, but I wanted to be in control of my own investment, you know, and um, not, you know, hand it over to someone else. So I made a decision and I said to my wife and, and she agreed, um, that we are going to, I'm going to actually uh, contact the, the pension provider and instruct them to remove the direct debit and no further payments be made into the pension. So we'll just leave it as is. And what I essentially did my, in this sense was I removed my safety net. I removed the social norm and I removed any, um, you know, uh, as I said, safety net that we would have for the future. So my next plan, which was property, has to work. And I think Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about this uh, in one of his uh, motivational speeches that, you know, plan B and plan C. I don't have a plan B, I have a plan A, but there's many ways to get there. And, you know, for me, the fire movement is a journey and a direction that I'm going in. There is times that I will go backwards, sideways and up and down. But I know, and from looking at our high level value list of where we want to get to, once we are motivated, once we are structured, we will get there. So I wanted to put that background in for a moment just to put some perspective on what we're doing here. If you go back to your question is what are the um, advantages uh, or tips and tricks and all those things I found with property, well, the list is exhaustive. I mean, looking at property is a full-time game and 
I will regularly check my um, there's there's a in Ireland for Irish listeners obviously Daft would be a common platform for finding property. Um, a strategy for me is to buy and rent, which is uh, in some ways considered passive. Um, however, it is an active investment. Um, I don't use a management company um, because I think that essentially, when there's an, a small number of properties, you and you you have the tools around you to remove the need, the cost of a management company, um, you can really get involved and really know what's going on. So one one I suppose tip or trick, and I'm not a financial advisor, Mike, but what I would say is you know you hand your asset over, your pension or your um, your property to a management company, they are not going to have the same passion drive and uh, desire to manage that property, hold on to it and have the best outcome of it as you do when it's your own property. So for me, uh, the first thing is to actively manage it myself. The second thing is in terms of getting a property, I think that the, um, the property is a market and there's volatility in the market and there's the same, it's the same with the uh, pensions, and obviously stocks and shares and all those kind of things which is tied together. And looking for a property um, personally, I will, ne- I will not get a property uh, outside of a one-hour uh, uh, drivable radius of my house um, for accessibility. Things I've learned re- with property is that uh, also um, you're keeping local knowledge. You know what's happening in the area. If you have a property that's three hours away, one, you've an access time to get there. Two, you're not in tune with what's happening locally, what businesses are opening, closing down, and, and all those kind of things that you would have in the area where you live. Um, you know, before I was purchasing property, uh, you know, another thing that links in here for me has been uh, as part of the journey is the four pillars, Mike. So the four pillars is the health, wealth, fulfillment and relationships. And when I started off with the fire movement, um, I was four stone heavier than I am now. And I would get up in the morning, listen to my YouTube uh, videos and, and uh, motivational stuff and look at the fire movement and I go for a run in my local area, I might do 5k. And while I was running, I was looking to see which properties have come up for rent, what's happening, who's moving in and out, are they rented? And I was looking at my local community, my local area, and I was real time there. I wasn't on just virtually on daft and I wasn't speaking to an auctioneer. I was running past the houses and looking at them. Um, so I think with property, like any investment, you need to get involved, you know, set up the alerts on daft, for example, if that's what you use speak to auctioneers, a different auctioneers, um, find out what they're like. They're all different to deal with. There's all tactics uh, involved in the negotiation process. You know, look at the property. Is there a potential to add value to a property? Is it a, a semi-detached? Is it an end terrace? You know, what? And, and by adding value to a property, you have the potential to increase the appreciation value of the asset over time, whether you want to sell or not having multiple exit strategies with a property can you flip it in the future if the volatility hits or can you rent it out other tips as well for people looking in to get into property is to look at the local council uh, the county council in your area they offer different schemes um, i believe harp and raz and etc um, there's opportunities to lease those out to the county council with some active and, and some non-active uh, management involved other, other things when looking at property, I believe, Mike, is um, to familiar self, familiarize yourself with the PTRB, ensure that you're compliant, you've registered, you have the fire extinguishers in the house and, and all the safety requirements that are done, good engineer report on purchase. Uh, these, these are all my own personal opinions, by the way. 
Um, you know, there's just things that I would do uh, and feel comfortable doing. I think a good, strong engineer's report pre-purchase uh, to satisfy the, the purchase you're buying and for peace of mind uh, is 100%. And uh, if there is an issue, uh, but the engineer advises you, who is an expert in that field, uh, that, that it's fixable, then you do a cost analysis on it. Um, I think it's good to go into the community. Uh, when, I'm offered, when I'm purchasing a property, I'm obviously going and viewing the property and uh, I'm knocking on the neighbor's door and they're having a chat with them. Um, because they're going to tell you what the auctioneer is not going to tell you in some cases, and 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 they will tell you you'll get real uh, on you know on the ground information that um, you're not going to get on daft and you're not going to get from the auctioneer. I think there's a lot of stuff to go into, but these are the kind of things, and this really links in, I suppose, as well to the mindset aspect of fire, which I tapped into, and maybe we'll come to that later, Mike. Um, but there'd be a couple of uh, tips and tricks for people getting into it. Also, a, a good key uh, indicator with, with properties to buy below market value. BMV, they call it, buy, uh, b- below market value. So an, another indicator while we're on the subject is to look at the purchase price of the property. So I'll give an example of 100000 um, And let's say that you achieve a gross rent of 1000 per month. That's 12000 gross rent per year. Well, that's a 12% return on 100,000. That's, that's deemed to be a good deal. Um, and it's to look at things like this. A factor for me has not necessarily been to buy below market value and necessarily get a 12% or 10, a 10% return. For me, an indicator in the accumulation phase has been to get the asset. And I've talked about a lot of positives here. And I've really put the icing on the cake and uh, gave a lot of uh, a few tips and tricks. But the reality of the situation is that it's very hard to borrow in Ireland, especially under current conditions. We're here on a Sunday evening recording, Mike, as you know, and there's indication that we may be going into another lockdown. And lending rules uh, outside of um, a recession and a a coronavirus pandemic uh, are certainly hard on on a given day. Um, So, you know, accessing uh, credit having a good credit score, um, having a, a deposit saved and, and being a, a worthy candidate of a mortgage uh, with proven repayment capacity are all things to be taken into account. It, it's not easy, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and saving up a 30% deposit for a buy-to-let and going again really requires uh, an element of frugality. It requires, in some cases, delayed gratification. Uh, and really eyes on the prize, Mike, of, of what you want to achieve. Yeah, very good. So, I mean, before we jump over to mindset, because I really want to ask some questions around that. In terms of your own sort of plan, and I, I know I know that um, you recently bought an investment property and, and you're already looking for another one now. Have you calculated, I mean, look, without going into too much detail, have you calculated how many investment properties that you would ideally need to I guess, put yourself in a position where you would be financially independent? Or is it a matter of finding the right number of properties and then also paying down enough of the mortgages before you can actually get there? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And I'll answer that question. But before I do, from listening to different podcasts and and meeting and discussing and listening to different people within the FIRE community, an area I probably couldn't, should improve on is my tracking my spreadsheets, my calculations, and my tracking. Uh, me and my wife predominantly work off a notepad and we don't track everything down to the euro and we don't calculate everything out to the percentage. 
because everything we do is intentional and everything we spend and invest in is intentional with value. So we don't, we don't specifically track it, but it's an area I want to get into. So for when, when I calculated uh, the fire number, uh, and I know, uh, you know, let's say uh, someone who's working off, um, as I said, the gyro or, or the stock market, for example, or even pension may work on uh, the 4% rule uh, based on the Trinity study or, or even three and a half in Ireland based on the tax situation. But, but for property, I suppose I haven't done it on the way of looking at the full value of the assets and taking a 4%. The way I did it really was to look at a minimum of three properties outside of my own property uh, as rentals. One reason for that, just on number of properties, is to mitigate risk. You know, it's it's generally people are good people. You will find, uh, of course, and hear horror stories of bad tenants. And, and bear in mind that there's, there's a full process before you accept a tenant and due diligence on your behalf and, and references and and all of those kind of things. And I know over in the UK, people will do credit checks and whatever's done to get a good tenant. But we, we need to uh, obviously future plan and mitigate risk, uh, which would be an event, of, as, as I said, as a tenant uh, not paying uh, maliciously or, or falling on hardship times. And also uh, a vacancy, uh, periods of vacancy, also uh, damage to a property structurally uh, or flooding that required uh, vacancy and, and money spent. So with that in mind, there was a minimum before we looked at numbers of three properties outside of the own, the own, our own house and home um, would, would be a minimum. You could fire on one or two, but you're, you're under pressure if there's an issue. And obviously that feeds into an emergency fund, which we can touch on in a minute, um, that some people believe in and some people don't to a degree. And everyone varies on their emergency fund. So with that in mind, Mike, it was three properties outside of our own as a minimum. And then really looking at what was the minimum but amount that could be spent to obtain a, a good value property that was in a good location that would turn a good yield within a spectrum. So in terms of fire, fire number, the way that uh, I did it and, and obviously with my wife was going back to the value list to sit down and look at, okay, what could we, what do we forecast? Well, anyone who's calculating a fire number, it's the same process. We looked at, okay, what is our estimated expenses annually? And then build in on top of that. And as I said, our fire number, a fire strategy would be more comfort level in the middle. Um, it certainly uh, would not need to be fat fire and certainly uh, wouldn't want to be a lean fire. So our fire number is really comfort level. Put in the uh, expenses, annual expenses, and then uh, build in the, the extras, the comfort level stuff international travel which is uh, one that we spend lavishly on um, and obviously we cut back uh, in other areas and then build in as well the contingency for changing off the car every few years and, and health cares and all those kind of things and from that point i was able to look at the minimum expenses yearly um, plus the comfort level and then reverse engineer it and i mean for us to to be financially independent um, and, and I want to just say as well, the, 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 the fire, uh, financial independence, retire early, for me really is two aspects. There's the financial independence side, which I don't know why anyone would not want to be financially independent because, it, you know, you have the options. But, but the RE part really for us is option. And to hit the FI side of the equation, I think it's three properties. I won't go into the specific numbers, um, but they would need to be paid off or there or thereabouts almost paid off 
Um, and that's assuming that our, uh, our own house that wherever we're living at the time is owned outright as well or with minimum mortgage. I also, interesting, Mike, was watching, as I said, I watch a lot of content in the mornings when I'm kind of awake and I was looking at um, the, the drawdown rate uh, or, or the yearly expense that was required. And some people know their minimum, but they will also just live off what their investment yields that month. So, you know, if you strictly work off a 4% rule or you require 50,000 per year uh, and you have not implemented uh, frugality aspects, you don't know how to live under your under or well within your means, you're not resourceful and you don't know how to move the money in a way that you can strategize, then you're really restricted. For me, uh, and certainly my wife, I think that our comfort level will have a lot of redundancy built into it. So in the event that one or top two properties couldn't pay for a number of months um, and and our um, emergency fund was, uh, was, was in place, uh, but we would still be able to go to a lean fire scenario and be okay. Okay, we may not have the comfort level uh, and we could probably go quite far into lean fire. So, you know, my, what's my my fire number? Well, my, my FI number really is, 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 is three properties. I think there's a level of um, strength in that. But, you know, every overpayment, every, uh, as we get older, I suppose, um, and we have these assets and we're, we're paying into them and, and, and we're making money and then we're investing and saving, we are becoming more uh, fire and uh, fireproof. I haven't heard anyone use that uh, phrase, but I'll throw it out there to become fireproof. Well said, and I think the level of detail you've gone in there in relation to you know, how you're putting property deals together is fantastic, and there was a lot of great nuggets there, so thank you so much. Um, yeah, look, before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about mindset, and you've touched it on a couple of times in the episode already about how you kind of have your morning um, yeah, your morning kind of motivation and things like that, and um, you may be aware that I've recently gone back to full-time work, and I've certainly found motivation to be a little bit harder than it, it used to be. Uh, so, I mean, I guess, is there anything that you're doing in particular to help with motivation? And is there any is there any particular resources or books uh, that you might recommend as well that uh, that listeners check out? The fire movement for me is, is lifestyle design. This is a journey, um, and it's uh, uh, you know it's not a destination, as the old saying goes. But I'm in this for the long run, um, or as the saying goes, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, motivation levels for me personally, anyway, will wean and vary. But I think, uh, and I've spoke about this in the local uh, FI meetups and some of the local uh, events that we've been involved in, that you know some of the people out there will often discuss uh, the currencies that we have available. Uh, and money is only one of them, um, but time and energy are equally uh, currencies that we have to spend on a day-to-day basis. And time, uh, as I think you, you've mentioned previously, Mike, has become one of my most precious commodities or currencies at the moment. Um, because we really do only have 24 hours in the day and our motivation levels will go up and go down uh, throughout the day, throughout the week uh, and as life comes into play and um, as life takes over. And fundamentally, we we are humans. Um, by definition, we are not perfect, although we strive for that perfection at times. But what really does make sense is the math. The math, the math side is, is, is ridiculously easy. Actually, Mr. Money Mustache, if you want to look for a resource, was probably the first fire celebrity that, that I came across over in the US. Uh, I think he has a blog post, uh, something called uh, the, the Ridiculously uh, Simple Math or something like that. And it really is. The math side is just straightforward. 
and there's fire calculators out there. You, you can put in uh, your FI number, if it's 2 million or 1 million or half a million or whatever you decide that it is. You put in your income and expenses and what you need to save or, or and your savings rate or earn. Uh, and it will just calculate, okay, X amount of years and months. Da -da. But where we really, really, uh, I suppose, as, as humans and people struggle, and this is when there's a very small percentage of people from what I can see actually fire and don't need to exchange their time for money uh, if they don't want to uh, and actually get there is the human aspect and the mindset. It wasn't a math problem that got us into any of the situations that any of us are actually in. It was more the mindset side. So for me to, to maintain motivation really, really consistently comes back to going back to basics. A lot of the things I will do is uh, look at the circle of influence. There's an old saying that, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, we are, you know, or, or it's phrased as, uh, you're the average of the five people closest to you. As I came into the fire movement, I really realized that that's, that's, that's absolutely true. You know, I, I went through a process of um, detoxing from, from social media. Um, I still have a Facebook account, but uh, I don't follow anyone. I follow uh, pages and, and things like that. Try to reduce the notifications on the phone levels that are coming in to remove distractions. Uh, really focused on um, the four pillars that I spoke about. So fitness, uh, health, uh, and, and food, and all of those kind of things that, that nourish uh, the mind and body and help us make key decisions I try to work on. Um, so as I said, during this period, I dropped about uh, just over four stone. Um, and, and, and it really, you know, fitness and financial fitness and, and actual fit, uh, health fitness, they're all key. So I think for me, motivation comes from uh, generating energy in the body through being fit, being active. Uh, and then we have the energy. So, so for me, a very important thing is to get up and do some form of exercise every day. And if I'm tired, I'll stretch uh, and do something to get going. I wake up as early as I can, you know, without forcing uh, the issue, but I'll, I'll often get up at five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning and go through a morning routine. And and for me, you know, to get motivated, uh, I just copied uh, high performers. Um, so I think a habit is often formed over a period of time. But if you look at a lot of high performance people, they're the same as us. They have 24 hours in the day, but they often structure a very good morning routine start the day well and the reason uh, this works from what i can see psychologically is if you start the day uh, with small wins well you set the day up you or you, you set up a, a winning streak as they say so little things uh, such as uh, make the better when you get up do uh, 30 45 minutes an hour's uh, exercise uh, some people meditate or whatever you need to do i personally will consume some content at the same time whether it be a podcast such as the, the viewers and listeners uh, consuming this content today, I look at people who have achieved way beyond what I could ever dream of and try, try to take nuggets from them and try to keep myself associated with people. It's I suppose it's like playing a game of tennis with someone who's better than you. You will uh, find that extra 10% is coming out because they're driving you on. So motivation for me um, will always go back to some of the content that I've talked about. I will uh, have structured conversations with people such as yourself, Mike, offline, some of my friends. Uh, and also, I found that to stay motivated was to, to stay involved in the fire community. Um, I think a daily gratitude list is often uh, underestimated. Uh, and if anyone doesn't know what a gratitude list is, uh, it's worth looking it up. Really start to send those uh, positive messages to yourself on a day-to-day -day basis. Because for any of this stuff to execute and to take place and to fire, 
you have to believe it inside first. You know, if you don't believe it and you can't visualize it and you don't see it, uh, chances are it's not going to happen. I suppose if you look at sports people who win a race, they have won that race visually a thousand times. So the day comes to run the race, they're just, they've already won it. They're just executing the, the required uh, thing. And it's pretty similar to that. But look, by no means is any of this stuff easy. It is a struggle to stay motivated at times. We're human beings. We mess the numbers up. Um, but I think uh, good nutrition, I think health, I think staying positive, avoiding the naysayers, as they say, and associating yourself with winners um, is a good starting point. A good solid uh, morning routine and getting involved. And I also, if you look at the likes of Warren Buffett, that's for another example, I gave Mr. Money Mustache. He talks about uh, daily research, ascertaining the knowledge about this stuff, uh, finding out, looking what people are doing um, is a good starting point. And also I think periods of reflection on time in the day, whether it be 12 o'clock at night, whether it be three o'clock in the day, having a reflection time. And last of all, what keeps me motivated the most in my heart and myself is my own family. And that's the last, or as I should say, the first pillar, uh, really. You know, I have, I have um, my son who is um, almost 14 months old now, I have my lovely wife and my family. And the main motivating factor for me is not only to achieve a fine number, but to sustain and create a life for me and my family uh, that links into lifestyle, lifestyle design that really uh, is one of, uh, uh, please God, is fulfillment, um, happiness, and, and all those things that really we are buying when we are achieving fire and financial independence. We're buying time and we're buying the opportunity to live life on our terms um, and, and get into the stuff that really motivates us and to find out what motivates you as i said before it, for me was to go high level it wasn't uh you know to to relocate to another country it wasn't to um for, for, for you know whatever, whatever the tangible thing was it was to go high level and look at what you know is it independence is it time and then that's your key motivator and to stay motivated then for me is to build up uh, is also to, to track my progress not on small levels but tick off things as they come along and set goals uh, as we as I go uh, and then tick them off and as they execute to, to celebrate them on the way as well. And I think that that really, um, some of those things really for me is um, is the motivational stuff, Mike, that, that I suppose I, I try and do. Excellent, Dave. Excellent. Look, thank you so much for sharing uh, all of that. I think that, that was uh, that was great. And look, the way that you're getting up and doing it each day is uh, is is fantastic. So yeah, well, well done on everything there. And look, I guess if anybody uh, is listening and would like to get in touch, what's the best way for uh, listeners to get uh, to get in touch with you? Yeah. So good question. And a lot of people have been asking me recently and asking about my online presence. So I just recently set up um, a basic uh, website. Uh, I bought the domain firedave.com. That's F-I-R-E-D-A-V-E, firedave.com. At the moment, the website is in its infancy. You can subscribe to future content and newsletters at the very top. And if you scroll down past the About Me section, I now currently have um, a calendar which people can go on and invite you to book a free 30-minute start with me and get involved uh, with the, uh, the fire coaching and life coaching aspect, which which uh, I'm doing currently as well. So I'm doing a 30-minute free uh, life or fire coaching that you can book on the calendar, um, and uh, or you can email me, uh, and, the, and the email uh, to contact me is um, on the website, firedave.com.
Excellent, Dave. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure you being on the show. So thank you so much for your time today. And uh, yeah, look, I look forward to staying in touch. And obviously, we are good friends off the air as well. So I look forward to hearing uh, more about as uh, your own journey as it continues. Yeah, and this one, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. Um, this is actually my first uh, my first podcast episode uh, that I've ever done. So um, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're a big fan of the show, why not become an Irish Fire podcast member for free? Members receive access to inside information that isn't shared on the podcast, as well as regular updates such as a monthly newsletter. To become a member, visit www.firepodcast.ie.